Hello, Probus! Howdy, howdy! Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by two former MIBs. One of us is the greatest former alleged MIB that almost was, and the other is ridiculously tall. I'm not going to name names, but I'll let you decide who is who. I'm going to MIB you off one day. Can you explain what, what that means? I can't, no, actually. Would I be happy about being <laughs> by me? <laughs> Unlikely. I'll let the audience decide what it means. <laughs> what mibbing means? I mean, I know, but but I'll let others decide. Ah, uh, so it's something that I'd be happy. I'd be happy to be mibbed off, just not by you. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? I mean, it's not what I said. It's also not not what I didn't say. Did what? Who? On a Wednesday, we're talking about fish for. Who's Nan Stockings? Each week, we bring you a case from the MIB archives to let you know the truth about what is really going on out there. I'm your host this week, Granny Moonwalker, and sitting opposite me is Kevin LeGray, aka Greybeard. He goes by many names, and soon we'll be adding a whole lot more to that list. Dad, Pops, Pop, Pop-Ops, Papa, Father, Daddy, Da, and many many more moxley already calls me all of those mainly daddy he's like what daddy i was waiting for there to be some sort of tool reference i know you were (laughs) (laughs) that would have been too obvious yeah i don't know how you'd have got it out of papa papa long stockings because he's extra tall so he needs the long stockings yeah okay shouldn't have asked moving on more going on the list to mib you off. It's October 1st, 1948, in the Fargo area. Fargo! George F. Foreman! <laughs> Grilling up in this biatch. And for those of you who didn't hear that because <laughs> you were interrupted by Foreman, it was Gorman. He was a former fighter pilot in World War II. Loved a grill. Also like to box. And on this day, though, he was serving as a second lieutenant in the North Dakota Air National Guard. He was taking part in a cross-country flight alongside others from the National Guard. They landed at Fargo's Hector Airport, but George stayed in the air to help clock up some night flying hours, whilst it was a cloudless evening. No excuse for a crash, then. And George was flying a P-51 Mustang. Oh, okay. Mr. Moonwalker's given me a picture because I had no idea what this aeroplane looked like. Kind of similar to what you would imagine in World War II flying up in the sky, isn't it? I suppose you said 1948, so it's only just after. Mm-hmm. I-, I was just imagining George Gorman in one of these planes with his grill on the side, <laughs> clocking up those air frying miles. <laughs> Have you heard the, uh... Don't hook left, I got a cheeseburger on. The rumour that it was apparently Hulk Hogan that was meant to be the face of that, but he turned it down. No, that's not a rumour, that's a statement that Hulk Hogan made, in factually, among with many others. (laughs) Brother! I wouldn't call it a rumour, yeah. (laughs) I invented English, brother! It's a Hoganism. So George was flying around a football stadium that was lit up, and he was preparing to land around 9pm. About to have himself a cookout. 
he was notified that the only other plane around was a Piper Cub. This was visible to George some 500 feet below him. He noticed a tail light from another craft to his right. He asked the tower about it, but they said they couldn't see it on radar. This piqued George's interest, so he decided to take a closer look. As George got closer to within 1,000 yards, which is 3,000 feet, 914.4 meters, 0.568 miles away, he describes the object as being six to eight inches in diameter. Cool, it's a biggie. Clear white. He also describes that it was blinking on and off. As he approached it, it became steady, and then the object made a sharp left turn. Have you ever seen something six to eight inches and blinking? Uh, no, I've never seen one. Here's an image right now. Do you reckon when Gorman was on the radio to um, ground control? It's probably not ground control because soon he's flying on Earth, but... Air traffic control. Air traffic control. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are they called? Ground control? They're not controlling the ground really, are they? Are they called ground control? Let's ask Major Tom. Uh, I was trying to think of that song. <laughs> Gorman's like... You want to come for a cookout? Would they be called ground control if you're flying a rocket into space? Air control if you're to be honest, piloting. we're we're going on what David Bowie said here. And he's, I mean, I, I don't see your point. Superstar that he was, exactly. He's superstar. Not, he's not NASA employed, is he? or is he? Maybe he was. Was he? In fact, maybe he was otherworldly. If you ask his friend Ziggy, we're getting way off topic here. What happened again? <laughs> Gorman saw something six to eight inches and blinking. Yeah, I've got nothing to add <laughs> to that statement. So have you ever seen anything that's six to eight inches and blinking? I've seen something about 18 inches and blinking. Giant dildo. <laughs> <laughs> When you come to edit that, you're going to have no idea what I just did. <laughs> what the hell am I laughing? <laughs> George thought, fuck this. So he followed it. What, I didn't cook out? But to his astonishment, he was struggling to keep up. He does manage to catch up at some point, though, when they're around 7,000 feet. And things take a sharp turn here just like the object ahead of George as it sharply turns right and heads straight towards George uh oh whatever this object was it also wanted to join the cookout smell the food I can smell that grill <laughs> you got them cheeseburgers man just before they collided George dives down and the object passes over him Woo! close one at about 500 feet above. The object takes another sharp turn and again heads straight towards George. This time, George didn't need to dodge as the craft shot straight up as it neared him. He tried to follow it, 
but it was a but it was so steep that his plane stalled at 14,000 feet. Oh, damn. George never, ever saw the craft again, but reports that they were engaged in an aerial tango for around 27 minutes by the time he landed his plane. Jesus, titty Christ, that did not feel like 27 minutes. It went at him, it went at him again. And then boom, done. Yet that was 27 minutes. I think that took him 26 minutes to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) And that was because the other craft stopped (laughs) teasing him. It's like um, when you're little and I don't suppose that would have happened to you because you were the youngest. Um, I've got younger siblings, so I used to, I'll race you. you (laughs) Smash him. And he just like, stop. And you just wait for them to catch up. But then they stop anyway because they think they can't catch you. And then they cry and throw a tantrum. And you kept on running at that point. <laughs> I win! Stop. Let them catch back up again. Let them get a little bit past you. And you Kick their heels. Go. <laughs> then go. You've put some diagrams yeah, so in here. This is George's... Uh, depiction of what happened in the air okay have you got some sort of dictionary for me to decipher and this with i do not have a key code for it no but okay this tells me I that it was be- analyzed afterwards and an official report was completed and this contributed to that it's got confidential written at the bottom of it mm-hmm. printed in fact i thought being a top photocopied. top top mib you would be able to just look at that and know exactly what was going on well i know what was going on what happened is he saw a six to eight inch blinking craft it went straight at him he dodged it and then it went straight at him again but then it went straight up and then he followed it for 26 minutes (laughs) so i can decipher it ha just mibbed you off (laughs) the whole thing was 26 minutes he didn't follow it afterwards no the whole thing was 27 minutes actually i'll have you know (laughs) <laughs> do you think this is your right, case prick. <laughs> seems you are top notched <laughs> George was shaken but not stirred of course he was the man's been in the ring with Ali George reports that the object was silent expelled no exhaust trail or odour and he also notes that he was able to get up to speeds of up to 400 miles per hour whilst he was chasing the craft, but was unable to catch up. Quick. See, the craft must have uh, stopped and <laughs> let him catch up. Come on, guy. Come bring me that cheeseburger. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. You can get it. Come on. Come on. Boom. Gone. Ah, fuck you. I was just joking. Come on, guy. Come on. He's calling in the radio to Gorman. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You got that cheeseburger. George was a smart guy. He fully believes that the object's movements were deliberate. He also believes that it followed the rules of inertia because as the acceleration was extremely fast, it wasn't instant. And when he turned... Sorry, when it turned... 
It was a tight turn, but it still followed a natural curve. So it wasn't breaking our laws of physics as we've covered in the past when something goes from zero to like borderline light speed and then suddenly changes direction instantly. This thing was flying through what you'd consider conventional, albeit very fast means. Mm -hmm. Yet there was no discernible fuselage. There was no smoke etc coming from it no exhaust pipe so this this has talked me into believing this one it's real as i stand no odor no sound but i'm probably leaning more towards military tech than i am aliens because it's within the realms of possibility okay currently it would take a huge slice of luck for any pilot to be able to chase this object and keep up with it without blacking out. It's not known how long he blacked out for. It could have been mere seconds. And considering he landed the plane, this is most likely. Oh shit, he blacked out. Going at that those speeds mm. and climbing that high. Yeah, the G-force just, mm -hmm. just didn't click earlier. This object was not only quicker and more agile, it was also able to climb much steeper and quicker too. So we've got some kind of real advanced craft here, clearly. Able to travel faster, turn, like its movements are more and, agile. Yeah, and nimble. not cut out, which would suggest that either this craft is really advanced or it's being piloted perhaps by some form of artificial intelligence rather than a biological entity for they have not passed out that we know of. Just after World War Two. Oh, the, I mean, I'm not saying it was humans. <laughs> I'm saying AI. <laughs> I'm the robots not... are here. <laughs> yeah, this is a transformer. Basically, it's Optimus Prime. Wouldn't it be Starscream? I suppose it depends which... could be um, any of them. They can transform. Yeah, but I think once they take a certain form, aren't they stuck to that form? I don't recall. I've it's never been a long time since I've seen it. I've never seen Optimus Prime be anything other than a truck. truck. I've never seen Bumblebee be anything other than... Truck. Uh, <laughs> They're all trucks. To be fair, he was a beetle and then they upgraded him. But yeah, in the cartoon, he's always a beetle. Although Megatron always, like, Megatron never made any sense in the cartoon form because he transformed into a gun and had to be shot by someone else. <laughs> That's a real shit transformation, isn't it? <laughs> like if he doesn't have a friend with him, Megatron is basically useless. Whereas in the films, they changed him to a jet with Starscream. Yeah, I really can't remember this as well as you. Someone turned into a cassette tape as well. I thought that was random. Was that your neck? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Break something <laughs> in my house. Do it in your own house. <laughs> Don't die here. We can't have the services come here. They'll lock us up. They'll see what we have. They'll see we've been mibbing off. If I died here, would you whip me off? <laughs> <laughs> Bury you in the garden. <laughs> I wouldn't. You'd definitely get dug up. Yeah. So, serious note. 
You found a body in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. They'll listen. I mean, they might already be listening. That might have been what I meant to say. Oh, my serious thought has gone. Okay, right. So he blacked out, but he landed. Did they land him rather than he land? Ooh. Or is he covering up because he was having a cook-off by himself, didn't invite anyone else, and was out longer than he should have been and wasn't really paying attention? Probably the latter. Didn't fall out the... <laughs> <laughs> He's got a custom jet with a plug for his grill. <laughs> Half the time he spends cooking for everyone else and doesn't get to eat any of the food. He's so just really he's like, angry. Fuck off, this time <laughs> it's all mine. This man is furious. All he wants to do is eat his own cheeseburgers. But he keeps on having to... He's a chef there, so he has to cook for everyone else. You keep start... mentioning cheeseburgers and all I want is a fucking cheeseburger now. He's he's retraining as a pilot, trying to get them hours in so that he can fly in the sky by himself in a one-man plane where he can eat in peace. <laughs> just wants to be left alone. I don't think I'm going to get some burgers for dinner. There is a burger shop literally two minutes from here. Yeah, but I like to cook. Well, you do, but you're you're not home. And I don't like to cook. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not true. I want to use the slow cooker. I just don't want to make anything that takes effort. (laughs) Maybe there was someone else that saw this object that night. Well, you're in luck, Grey Nuts. There was. Yeah. And not just one person either. Woo! Lloyd D. Jensen and H.E. Johnson. Jensen and Johnson. Were two air traffic controllers who witnessed the strange object and the Piper Cub at the same time. Johnson explains that the craft was traveling at quite a fast pace as it was increasing the distance between itself and George's craft. <laughs> The pilot of the Piper Cub, Dr. A.E. Cannon, Ask Cannon, also saw the object (laughs) in the sky. Dr. Ask Cannon. (laughs) Why do they call you that, Doc? (laughs) Well. (laughs) With his passenger. They also saw the craft when they landed and joined the traffic controllers. When I eat chilli, <laughs> I reach level three. And my ass becomes a cannon. Fire in the hole. <laughs> cannon describes the object oh. as moving swiftly and much faster than the P-51 in the air. U.S. Air Force invest <laughs> Air Force U.S. Air Force investigators from Project Sign Ooh. arrived to investigate. Don't trust them. They used a Geiger counter on George's plane, and it gave off signs of radioactivity. Ooh. Was this due to getting too close to the object? Mm. The investigators. Ignore me, I'm just trying to remind myself what my points are to raise after you finish the section. Okay. The investigate nothing is what I heard. The, in- <laughs> the investigate... Fuck off. <laughs> the investigate... <laughs> Continue, please. <laughs> the investigators interviewed George and found that he was a credible witness. He wasn't really into science fiction and would generally only read serious literature when he did read. 
with most of his spare time hunting they found him to be a top notch guy who they believe was genuinely perplexed by his experience and in no way shape or form tried to blow this story out of proportion so if you are into sci-fi you're not credible in these guys eyes what that's mad i suppose it could uh sway or not sway your thoughts but it could do something similar you it? could be rooming with an alien you sit down at night and you watch the matrix the mibs turn up at your door knock knock open the door you're like hello do you want to come and watch the Matrix? No, no, don't believe this guy. <laughs> the alien sat there on the chair. I only read a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> there is an alien here. But it could not tar- I, I can't think of the fucking word I'm trying to think of. Wolf no. Tr- Gone. So, my two thoughts. One was radioactivity. Could that be because it was flying quite high up in the sky and rays from the sun hit vehicles going that high? Well, they'd hit most vehicles, but potentially more so the higher you get. Um, there was something about that that I was meant to put in later and then remembered just now that I haven't put it in. <laughs> um, the radioactivity on the plane was dismissed because they believe it was caused by how fast mm. the plane was going. Okay. Due to the high speeds. My other thought... Now, H.E. Johnson, I'm thinking really honourable and trustworthy, almost as honourable and trustworthy as you can be. Not quite, but almost, but also unqualified for this job. He explained the craft the craft was travelling at quite a fast pace because the space was increasing between it and George. He's looked at the radar and just seen them moving apart. He's got no idea what it means. They're getting further away from each other. Didn't come up on radar. He was looking at it from air traffic control. What does that mean? What, he's looking out the window, yeah. (laughs) He's got no idea what he's seeing. (laughs) No idea whatsoever. He's not explained it in any sort of scientific terms. Yeah, that one was moving further away than that one, I don't know. Crazy, yeah. Where's that guy with the cheeseburgers gone? Must be real. What I'm about to say, we have mentioned several times over, and it's one conspiracy theory that has garnered much traction. And that is that he was possibly chasing a top secret test craft. Yeah. This happened around the end of World War II and the US government were looking to boost their technological advancements through Operation Paperclip, Paperclip, in which the US recruited former Nazi scientists, engineers and the like. Mm -hmm. So could this have been a craft that was being tested? One that is seen these days and it's generally classed as a normal aircraft. So that's kind of where I was leaning towards in my forming conclusion. I was it, it's kind of harsh in a way, but as soon as I see like late 1940s on the timescales I'm thinking operation paperclip. Them Nazi scientists doing them things. Testing them things, eh? Testing them things. How far were you leaning? About 97 degrees. Ooh. It's in the Michael Jackson. I was literally about to say I was Michael Jacksoning. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth criminal grey beard. Smooth beard. (laughs) Looks rough from here. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is, my friend. You'll find out when I'm in Bjorn. <laughs> Another theory, again, is one that we have seen often. And that is the theory that George was chasing a weather balloon. The air weather service had gone on record and stated they did in fact release a lighted weather balloon that night, 10 minutes before George saw the object. To explain the movement of the unidentified object, it is said that the high speed that George was travelling at is what was causing the visual effect of the balloon moving in different directions. Investigators also believe that George saw the bright light of Jupiter and believe it's possible he was chasing the planet at the same time the balloon was in range. They always say it's a planet. Project Sign, who went on to become Project Grudge and then later Project Blue Book, mm -hmm. reported that the weather balloon theory is the official cause. Uh... <laughs> Project Grudge. <laughs> wow. Where's Project Ring? the reason they have gone with weather balloon theory is because none of the scientists from germany were in the fargo area whilst this was happening they were all in white sands new mexico they don't need to be there george himself never publicly spoke about the event again that's suspicious and returned to the air force full time before he passed in 1982 they whacked him. He allegedly truthfully told friends that he was never convinced that he was dueling with a balloon for 27 <laughs> minutes. Now, Eva, he was really, really, truly not joking having that cook off in his plane. Because <laughs> you're not going to be chasing a balloon for that long, are you? Or Project Wah is bullshitting. I find it hard to buy into the balloon one and I'm... Anytime I hear them say it was a planet, I'm thinking bullshit. That was not a planet because they say that all the freaking time. And that's such a simplistic explanation. I mean, most people by adulthood have seen either Mars or Jupiter in the night sky or Venus, obviously a bit lighter than those. You're not going to mistake that for a craft flopping left and right in front of you. Um, Even if you're turning left and right yourself, that's... These are experienced, even if they're novices, they're still relatively experienced to get to that point. Experienced airmen. Air people. I would say that, but having not flown a plane You've at been night. been a plane. At night. And seen the stars and how they react to your movements. I've been in a commercial at airliner at high night. high speeds. That's quite high speed. I do not know what I would see. And we don't know if, like, the altitudes it is flying at, because he also did black out. That could have been on a steep climb. That could have been how fast he was going. Was he hallucinating? How long had he been flying for? How tired was he? We don't know any of these factors, so I can't rule it out. Nope. F that. I declare war. I'm rolling up my sleeves. War. I call bullshit on the planets. <laughs> they don't even exist. I was about to say, planets are bullshit now. <laughs> What's that on your jumper? <laughs> it's a planet. It ain't real. 
I made it. Now, this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and skepticism. The object was described as being six to eight inches in diameter from 1,000 yards. But we don't get to hear about the size or shape of the craft as it gets closer to George at any time. Nor do we hear from those in the tower or in the other plane. The lights were described as blinking when far away, but steady as they got closer. If you look up at the sky at night, stars can seem to be flashing in the distance. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure myself, but would a light weather balloon act in the same way from a distance? Potentially, as light reflects off it changing with your angle and the movement of whatever else is in the sky, but... I fall back to my earlier point that the planets are bullshit. Ah. <laughs> oh. Also, they mentioned about the um, scientists not being in this location. They ain't got to be there. They just make the stuff, and that could be shipped anywhere in the world. That is true. Hmm. I think this guy saw something. The question for me is not whether he saw a craft or not. It's whether that craft was otherworldly or not. I just can't buy into this balloon theory. I've seen weather balloons. They don't move that quick. And surely a weather balloon would show up on radar as well. Mm, Not sure. Unless it's like a spy balloon, which would be another possibility. But they're saying it was a weather balloon. I also can't see how a weather balloon would turn so sharply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's mean, what's... if you're because he was going straight when it turned, yeah. and he followed it. I mean, it's staying, it's traveling away from you faster than you you can keep up. Mm-hmm. I could totally understand if he was near it, yeah, and as he passed it, it moves, but not being able to keep up with it for a while is odd. Yeah, and I think. Project Sign, a.k.a. Grudge, a.k.a. Blue Book. We've covered them several times in their various guises. More often than not, they're covering up most things in my view. They're coming up with shitty explanations for stuff when most of the time it's military tech of some description. Most of the time. There's a few strange ones in there. But they're never giving you the full truth. No, they aren't. Can't trust them. They're a step away from the Mibs. So to summarise, we have the case of George Gorman. Skrill. <laughs> who on October 1st, 1948, was uh, out cookout. on a cross-country cookout. <laughs> <laughs> with several others from the Air National Guard. Woo-hoo-hoo! Later in the evening, all but him landed their planes. As George wanted to clock up some more nighttime flight hours. And have that burger to himself. As he was circling a nearby stadium, he contacted air traffic control to see what aircraft was around him. They notified him that there was only him and one other craft in the air. George was able to see this craft, but to his right he noticed something else. Air traffic control didn't have it on radar, so George decided he would try and get a closer look. The object appeared to blink on and off until he got close to it, and then it became steady and pulled sharply to the left. He followed but struggled to keep up at first, and then as he finally started to catch up, it turned sharply again 
and was heading directly towards him. He had to take evasive manoeuvres and dive down, and as he did he noticed the object flash past him overhead. He turned and began to chase it again. The object sharply turned again and headed straight towards him before steeply climbing just before the point of collision. George tried to follow it but he couldn't. He gives up, returns to base and puts in his report. We had witnesses and we know how important multiple witnesses are in a case like this. And those witnesses were the pilot and passenger of the other plane and the air traffic controllers. This was investigated by Project Sign and they believed that George was being completely genuine and was a stand-up guy. Then we took a look at the possible alternatives to an alien spacecraft. Was this an experimental craft being tested by the United States military? Or was it a lighted weather balloon? The usual suspects in most cases where a pilot is chasing an object in the sky. Also planets. But according to Kev, they're bullshit. Officially, it was reported to be a weather balloon. But allegedly, George believed that this was false and that he didn't spend 27 minutes chasing a weather balloon. So what is it that you believe, Greybeard? Was this a UFO? Or was it something else? Do you remember the case we covered on Kenju? We stand with you. Japanese or Japan Airlines. I do, I do. I stand with George. This man saw something. Now, I... just want to get a cheeseburger. (laughs) No, no, yes. I'm not saying it was aliens, but I am saying that George was honourable. He saw something and it wasn't a weather balloon. The fact that he's kind of gone quiet afterwards and lived his life until his sad passing... He knows he's seen something, but he doesn't want to cause a scene. Yeah, he's been he's been hushed because he's back in the uh, military full time now. Mm. He's been shushed. Shush. Yeah, and I'm not that he lived another forty odd years, nearly after this event, and never spoke about it in public Mm -hmm. again. So I'm not saying they whacked him straight away. Not throwing that shade, but. He put in his official report and was probably told never to speak about it again. Yeah, I think it was some sort of military tech. Not quite wild enough to get me tingling, but wild nonetheless. Could have just Uh, been the next, not next model of plane, but two two jumps up or whatever, just testing uh, some... By this point, we probably know, as a species, how to do so much more. We probably know how to create like free energy and whatnot. We just choose not to, to control our societies. I'm getting too deep into tinfoil hat territory there, but the advancements we've made in technology, I struggle to think there, or struggle to believe that there aren't further advancements that we're just not aware of mm-hmm. in wider society. Um, they generally... I think it's a general rule that the military will have something 20 years before Mm. it's out to the public. So, Yeah, I think this guy saw something. He saw something and it wasn't a planet. I'm in the exact same boat. It's a dinghy. Um, What 
triggered it for me was the same thing you said. The scientists don't need to necessarily be there. Mm-hmm. They can put everything together, say it's going to behave like this. It might behave this way. This is what we're looking for, yeah. X, Y, and Z. And then they go and test it in a safe mm-hmm. area. I mean, shit, most things we own were made in China. Just because those scientists weren't there doesn't mean the other scientists that worked on it weren't. Yeah. So The data analysis team? Exactly. So, yeah, for me, it is not aliens, but secret military tech. Suspicious, yeah. George saw something. Mm-hmm. And then he grilled. So You had a cook-off, and you weren't invited. Now I'm hungry. Thank you for joining us for this week's probe. As always, you can find us on our socials at But It Was Aliens. That's Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter, now known as X. Our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers, and for less than a coffee, less than a cup of chow, you can also find us on Patreon.com forward slash But It Was Aliens where we probe much, much more outside the realms of the extraterrestrial. Probe around the globe, baby! For the January Patreon episode, we will be answering some of your questions. So if you have any, hop on to Facebook in Extraterrestrial Towers and leave your questions and we will answer them in January. We will tell you the truth, the whole truth. And nothing. As always, I have been the Walker of Moons, and he is the grey bearded one. It's not fully grey. Remember, the truth it's about ninety-seven percent. He's got one grey hair. It's Michael Jackson. <laughs> Remember, the truth is up there. <laughs> Hashtag Bro. Slow down, Tito.